Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Minds. My name is John. That's Ian. Oh, hi there. What's up? I forget which way you are for me. On the, uh, your on left the side. Left side. There we go. Yeah, you're pointing Anyways, left this whole time. Welcome to episode 117. I suppose live on Twitch.tv/dicks, where we are previewing our Modern Horizons card, as well as afterwards talking a little bit about some of the cards that have been previewed in between our last episode and today, uh, which is May 28th. Uh, some of the other cards that have make it better that have excited us. Yes, and also hi to the chat. Hello. Hi, chat. Yeah, in the future you'll be there. Uh, so people are asking already. There's going to be two quick aside. Yes, we will be tweeting this live on the Eyes on the Mice Twitter account. But mm-hmm. so now we've done this. John, you ready to show yeah. the people the card? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, show them kind of what's going on. All right, here we go. Wait, hold on. That... Yeah, that's not it. Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure that's not it. That's from that's from M19. Oh, right. Hold on one second. How about the? Is it? Did we get no, there? No, that's that that's from Magic Origins. Hold that's, on. That's still not our preview card. Hold on. Where'd the file go, Ian? We didn't lose it. One second. Let me... Hold on. What the... You know what? Let's show the people the art. Okay. Because I know that some people will be really excited to see some amazing... Seb McKinnon! Yep. Seb McKinnon uh, did the art for this card, and it is fantastic, as per usual. Uh, And actually, we managed to get Seb's attention for just a couple of couple of minutes so that he can answer a couple questions for us he also did an amazing interview with um with Vorthos mike and aunt tessator of snack time podcast over at coolstuffinc.com which you can go ahead and find on at coolstuffinc.com and also if you go to eyesandthemise.podbean.com you'll see a post with a short interview with sam mckinnon for our card yeah um, but the first thing that i kind of want to talk about is kind of why i think we got this this card in particular and with the art up, we can kind of, I think, do this. Okay. Did you want to do like in. one or two questions that Seb, we asked Seb? Sure. Just like we, one of the questions uh, I asked, I wrote down for Seb um, was, um, how do you feel about the wave of popularity regarding your art in the magic community? Uh, and his response was, I'm just happy the fans and players are enjoying what I do. I owe the community of magic so much. Thanks to them, my dreams are becoming real. All I can do is try to continue to create the best art I can for them, for the game, and for himself too. So when he mentions all of his dreams are becoming real, uh, if you didn't know and didn't watch the Rhystic Studies video by Magic Man Sam about Seb McKinnon, Seb does videos as well. He actually like creates film, um, short videos and stuff like that. And he uses the proceeds from all of the Kickstarters that you guys have once it's past like everything it takes to make it. Everything after that, he goes straight to his own um, video production and music and I even asked him about something regarding that. So it's something touched. I asked something touched upon in Sam's video essay on your work. He mentioned you compose the score behind your kin fable shorts. When creating your magic pieces, do you simultaneously think of music that would pair with the art? And uh, Seb answered, no, it's actually more the other way around. Making music conjures images within me. When I paint, I usually need to work in silence because if not, my mind wanders away with the music. So it's really kind of cool to see somebody who works with both film and painting and music and see like because some people they'll need all of that together seb needs it separate yeah so. i'm someone who sometimes if you're listening if i'm listening to music it's hard for me to work on something else or if i'm like watching tv or whatever so oh yeah i understand um, that but yeah so again this is just some absolutely incredible artwork um yeah. the minute i saw this i was just like this is so cool it's um, very cool yeah it's so redheads yo yeah, right. <laughs> More redheads and magic. Somebody get a, a mana cur- 
mana curves on the line. Chase, yep. Chase will be under this one. So, all right, let's go back to this since we teased you kids at home with this artwork. For those of you who are tuning in via the podcast, we apologize. Actually, we'll give you a visual description of it. Um, it's a knight on a cliff, uh, kind of bowing his head on a sword with a bloody tip on it and an angel with a blazing sword who's kissing his head. I don't know. Just go look at the card. What card is it? Well, it's called Answered Prayers. It's one yeah. white, white enchantment at common. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. If Answered Prayers isn't a creature, it becomes a 3-3 angel creature with flying in addition to other types until end of turn. So it basically becomes an enchantment angel. So yep. yeah, so it's a common. Uh, kind of cool in that it's pauper legal. This is not going to break the world. Um, it's, as you saw, it kind of combined both elements of uh, was it Johnny's? A Johnny's Welcome. A Johnny's Welcome Angel's and Tomb. Angel's Tomb. It kind of smashes them together, makes the mana cost three white or three CMC. Um, mm-hmm. It's a common, so you're going to see this a couple times. We've seen a lot of decent smaller creatures so far, uh, like that 1 1 Angel for one. <laughs> Yeah, that would pair very hilariously with this. Um, now Angel remember, Tribal, yeah, now remember this enters the if you have extra mana, if you play this like on turn four or five, and you have mana to play something else afterwards, keep in mind this will have summoning sickness because it entered yeah. the battlefield. So, Angel decks, there you go. You got some more flavor to yourself. Plus, you got incidental life gain. This pairs incredibly well with um, oh god, are you thinking astral drift? I'm thinking arcane. Uh, the one from M14, the Archangel. The one that puts oh, counters um, on game life. Oh, Archangel Thune. Yeah, Archangel Thune loves this. So yeah, if you got an Angel deck, there you go. You got some gorgeous Seb McKinnon art to slam in there. Um, for Pauper, I don't really know. I'm kind of a resident Pauper player of the bunch of us. Uh, I honestly don't know if this would see play in stuff like Boros Beatdown. Uh, Boros Bully yeah. being the kind of creature deck. Um, I know Boros Monarch and uh, Kolotha Boros, however you want to call it, they do have a lot of things where they're bouncing their creatures back and forth to their hands with Corse, uh, Corse, I think Walker, Corse Skywalker and... Yeah, Core Skyfisher. Core Skyfisher and the um, the Artifact Bird. Oh, uh, yeah, Glinthawk. Yeah, Glinthawk. So there's a lot of kind of like weird bouncing things where this might actually just... If they're going up against Burn, maybe, Cyborg card with an additional beater on the end of it. Potentially. Potentially. If it doesn't ever see popper play who cares it's a really sweet little card for limited um yeah definitely i would i think it'll see it might not be amazing for limited but yeah it's it's definitely not as open-ended as our last card where it's like oh my god there's so many different angles this is literally like it's an enchantment honestly it's a do nothing when it enters a battlefield however it will gain you value over time if you can increase your etb effects um remember tokens if there's multiple token producers every time a token hits the battlefield yeah you're gaining a trigger off of this. So there we go. Our an- answer prayers is our preview card for Modern Horizons. Now, John, I, I kind of cut yes. you off on this one. Yes. Go for why you believe that we got this, and we'll see if Wizards can confirm nor deny so, our suspicions. One of the reasons why I think uh, we got this card was because um, is because of the fact that, if for those of you who know me, you know that, uh, or maybe follow me on Twitter or pay, or pay attention to other things. Um, we, um, or I was diagnosed with, with testicular cancer last, uh, or earlier this year. And this month I had my final chemo treatment. 
I also had um, um, the great news that I don't have any more signs of it, or at least it's it's going away. Still an observation or whatever, which really is just answered prayers for, you know, all my family and friends who are, you know, because it was not easy. It was not fun. There were some really good days and some really, really bad days. And I think that we got this card in particular because of that fact. And I don't know if Wizards will confirm nor deny it, but um, I feel like that is the case. Yeah, it's it's definitely a great case, especially since uh, not... Our post got deleted from Reddit. Yeah, they probably did delete it from Reddit because they're idiots. Yeah, there's and already assholes. two other ones up there as well, and I'm about to rage at the machine. Yeah, mods deleting the actual people posting their card. You know, that's why Reddit sucks. It, yeah. Sorry, like the magic, the MTG subreddit sucks, and that like actual yeah. posters. Like we would actually have to keep a, an account on there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's one and nine roll. Anyway, but yeah, no, John and. uh I know I'm very happy that again you got basically a as clean a bill of health, I guess, as you can say. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So uh quite excellent that we got this card. I'm excited just because anytime we get to preview magic cards really fun. This is our second yeah, one. Being able being able to participate in the um preview season is always awesome. And thank you, Wizards. Yes. They didn't have to give us this give us this card for free hashtag free anything to get they didn't have to give us a preview card but we're really excited to um be a part of the preview season with a card like answered prayers with amazing art and definitely is a card that i think will be really fun to play in in the draft format with the green white being the creature fall colors uh among other things yeah i love that they call creature fall like for that kind of for that archetype yeah like anything where you're having creatures in the battlefield this is gonna be great for it so um, and plus, you get a 3-3 out of it, too, once it's, you know, past the turn it's played. Always fun. Plus, it dodges it dodges sorcery speed removal. <laughs> so, all right. Yes, it does dodge sorcery speed removal, unless you have flash creatures, so watch out. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, and unlike Johnny's uh, welcome, or and some of the Soul Sisters cards, the reason why we didn't put any of those is that's when every play, like, whenever a creature enters the battlefield... Well, let me pull it up real quick. The card. Yeah, it's, it's so whenever a so creature. There's, yeah, those are Soul Sister or Soul Warden are both every creature. Yeah, they look at everything. For us, like a Johnny's welcome, it's only creatures interact with under your control. I was kind of going for the the fake out too with the Johnny shirt. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh, yeah, Seb Seb does some absolutely incredible art. Um, absolute pleasure to get a chance to ask him a couple questions and let him know that his car was coming out. Uh, Seb, you did it again. So thank you everybody. Uh, and also hooray for John being not yes. sick anymore. I mean, I'm still seeing my oncologist every three months for the foreseeable future, but at least it's the good for a good, for a good reason, not a terrible reason. Exactly. Yeah. And that is why we're all here. So anywho, let's move on from our lovely cool preview card answered prayers to some other cards that have come out since then um there has been some massive spice there have been some cards that you're like okay okay and then there's been you know the magic community being like this is great this is not great no this is great this is not great depending on how it is and honestly let's see where the format shakes out um yeah because modern is going to be shaken up a little bit Obviously, there's been some consternation about not all not all 249 or 59 cards, whatever it is, being 254. modern playable. 254 255, sorry. Player. 255 because we did get Flusterstorm as the... Sure, 255. 
and they weren't all going to be modern playable. No. That's just that's not how Wizards make sets. Yes, they could try to make all 255 like cards in a normal expansion playable, but that's not how Magic works. There's always going to be a better card, and even if was even if in in this set Wizards printed like another really powerful you know card, it might get either outshined by a card that already exists or would outshine that other card, so selling that other card isn't isn't playable. For example, let's say that for some reason, even though we know it's not in the set, Counterspell suddenly got previewed. Well, now, Archmage's Charm and, you know, Exclude and um, the uh, three-mana one with Fateful Hour, those all suddenly become obsolete because Counterspell exists. So yeah. even though there's, you know, four cards that are all various degrees of modern playable with Exclude and the other one being, I think, the weaker of the two, Suddenly, Archmage's Charm looks embarrassing compared to Counterspell when I could just be playing Counterspell, despite Archmage's Charm's flexibility. Right. It's just that yeah. there's not going to be all these powerful playable cards. And then on the other hand, if let's say that they printed Counterspell, Archmage's Charm, and then with Exclude and the other card spell, those all become modern playable, then suddenly the cards that you already have in your decks that play, that would already play those effects suddenly get obsolete, like Logic Knot or Mana Leak or all these other ones, and then now you're complaining to Wizards, why are you printing all these cards and obsoleting the cards in my deck? Yeah. Because it they just can't print every card to be good and modern. Right. And they make sets for, they make cards and sets for all different audiences. And we already knew and, this wasn't going to be just like, hey, we're injecting 255 cards in your format, have fun, go. It, yeah. they, we, they already announced there was going to be some limited GPs. We knew it was going to be a set designed for limited, like, Wizards. Yes. Is if Wizards are going to be like, all right, here's 50 cards to inject into your format, go, we would get like something like one of these commander, like the commander's arsenal kind of products, or exactly. they would do some other kind of weird ancillary product. They wouldn't be like, here's 255 cards to upset your entire format, go. Because they would yeah. have to like, play design would have to literally just go through every kind of weird iteration of decks that like all these cards would do and inject in the format. And I'm sure that they didn't test modern decks like. I mean, I know they love playing modern, but they're not going to do that. But yeah, so the so one of the cards is kind of cool, but probably won't see modern play, but has caused a whole bunch of commander cards to just people go, oh, great. We have to deal with these players again is slivers. The first sliver. Yeah, the, yeah, the first sliver, the first ever sliver, the first ever sliver to have ever slivered to sliver um, <laughs> is, is Wooberg. Yeah. Jeez, because all the legendary slivers are Wooberg. Legendary creature sliver. It's a 7-7. Seven, seven. It has Cascade, and Sliver spells you cast have Cascade. Thankfully, the Sliver spell you Cascade into won't also have Cascade because you won't just suddenly go all the way down the line. That would be, thank God, that was clarified <laughs> early because, yikes, that would have stunk. <laughs> yeah. Like cascade into a 4-drop, into a 3-drop, into a 2-drop, into a 1-drop, into a 0-drop. Oh, if you hit the 1-drop first, you're just SOL because there's no there's no free Slivers yet. Yeah, yet. true. But, but still, you could, you could have chained it. Ugh. Yeah, just got to get lucky next time. So you land it, and then you, on your next turn, cast a six-drop sliver, and then you hit your five, four, three, two, one. hopefully. Oh my god, that would just be disgusting. Nope. It would be, and you'd probably win that game. Yeah, and that that would get you hated out so quickly. And like, it's funny when this card was spoiled or previewed, and everybody was just like, oh, look at all the people building sliver decks. And it's like, man, if you play any kind of sliver across the deck for me in your commander zone, you're instantly the target. I'm like, cool. The people who bring a sliver deck to a commander table know what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. Like, you don't bring a sliver deck and expect to not get hated instantly. But this is actually really cool. Um, I really do appreciate the fact that they're bringing Cascade in a weird way to slivers. Um, so, 
Cool. Next card that came out. Yep. Um, kind of fun and interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> another Wooberg commander for you. But yep. Sisse, Weatherlight Captain. A two and a white, yeah. two, two legendary creature, human soldier. So Sisse, Weatherlight Captain, gets plus one, plus one for each color among other legendary permanents you control. And for a Wooberg, you can pay... You pay Wooberg to search your library for a legendary permanent card with converted mana cost less than Sisse's power. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Now, John, this card yep. did some weird stuff to the certain other cards market price just because how Joda and Fist of Sons. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll do so it. So how does that interaction work as a judge? Like listeners Joda at home. And, well, Joda and Fist of Sons with Sisse doesn't do anything. No, okay. What's the ones that do? You're thinking of... Um, uh, Morophon, which we already talked oh, about. Oh, right, we got Morophon, right. No, so, no, so I put Sisse on here because the previous Sisse card was only green-white. So if you wanted to play the Weatherlight crew, you couldn't play Tongarth or Squee or, you know, Urtai or anything like that. All right, and she gets, Sisse is a, yeah, she gets is the a band true, together. Yeah, she's a true five-color legendary com- legendary matters commander. So, and granted, play the legacy you can't weapon. get anything. Yeah, you can play the legacy weapon with Sisse, absolutely. Um, this would definitely is this is definitely a card where other cards that are already pretty expensive might go up a little bit more. Like Reese the Redeemed is a one mana green white legend. Well, Sisse can go fetch him and then give Sisse plus two plus two. So now the next time you activate Sisse, you go get a three CMC legendary permanent and so on and so forth. So when, I think then... that she's really interesting as a tool as a legendary as a toolbox commander for legends. That like also like you can. You you can play Wooberg and you know tutor out your Dark Depths if you really want to. Yeah. You can pay Wooberg and get out your Heroes Podium. You can pay Wooberg and get out you know whatever other legendary permanent that you really that you feel like you need to get. Like if you get Sisse up to seven power, you can get Bolas's Citadel if you really want to. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that you can do with Sisse that I think are really really cool. Yeah. And being a toolbox card in Commander is already pretty good in and of itself. Oh yeah, it's. It's going to be interesting having any kind of t- like not even just tutor effect to like putting your hand on on the library, just straight to the battlefield mm-hmm. can be hilarious. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So the next one we're going to go to is not the Bear Queen herself, but her influence. Yeah, Ayula's influence is a card that when I saw it, I immediately just pegged it. I was like, Ursine Assault, because this is a riff off of Seismic Assault. It's green, green, green for a rare enchantment. Discard a land card, create a 2-2 green bear creature token. It's the same rate as Seismic Assault, because Seismic Assault is discard a land, deal 2 damage to any target, but this time it just happens to be you make a bear. Uh, obviously not as good as Seismic Assault, because you can't hit your swans to draw some cards. Shoutouts to you, Saffron Olive. Um, hit swans, draw cards. Yeah, hit my swans, draw some cards. But <laughs> I think that it is something that w- could p- spawn off a similar deck to like Zombie Hunt. Um, or is something that could see plan modern. It has the right pedigree. It's just I don't think it is going to because bears. You, you're making you're making creatures instead of dealing damage, which makes it immediately worse than seismic assault. And then on the at the same time, it's kind of worse than zombie infestation because you know you it's three mana, not two mana. So it's really it's slower. It's a little slow. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. In limited, and I think it's also going to be a lot of fun in like commander. Yeah, I, it, whether, it, it, whether you play it with Ayula or not, yeah. it's just going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a card where they were like looking to explore some design space, 
Um, and also, they've just made, been making a ton of references in this set. Like this card is clearly a reference to Sizing Assault. Mm-hmm. It's clearly in Pie for Green. I think it's just I think it's hilarious. And well, plus Green has a lot of ways to return land cards to your hand. Like all of a sudden, you're just looking at life from the loam with this thing, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just like absolutely. Bleep, 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 bleep. So you just make all the bears, the three bears every turn, basically, if you're just looping uh, life from the loam and this. Whether or not yeah, bear absolutely. loam is going to be a thing, who knows? I would love to see a deck called bear loam. It's cheeky love and fun. love to see a deck called bear loam. <laughs> so Next, we have... The person who... Uh, thankfully, previewed in the same, thankfully previewed in the same day is Ayula Queen Among Bears. Ian, what does Ayula do? <laughs> so the bear of bears... Iola Queen Among Bears is a one in a green 2-2 legendary creature bear, a literal, actual, factual bear in mana. Like, the whole, like, grid of, like, mana cost plus, uh, it's like that whole, like, where does it fall? It's definitely definitely lawful good on the, uh... (laughs) On the bear scale. It's either lawful good or neutral good on the bear alignment scale. Yeah, the bear alignment scale, it's an actual bear, but that's not all she does. Because why we have a legendary creature bear at rare, if it's just a bear. Whenever another bear enters the battlefield under your control, hint, hint, I was influence, wink, nudge, uh, put two plus one plus one counters on target bear or target bear you control fights target creature you don't control. Now, there's already a couple of other bears in, in the set. Like there's a common bear called mother bear, but also because of changelings, those are also all bears. Mm-hmm. So these, those count for Ayula. And as an example, there's a two and a black two, two death touch changeling. Which if it comes into play, you can, yeah, the scorpion you can just have it fight some other creature, and then it's going to trade because it has death touch. Yeah, it's so there's definitely a lot of things that Ayula's not just a not just a commander card. I think she's also going to be interesting to play in limited with all this with all these changelings. And speaking of commander, actually, uh, Graham from Loading Ready Run of Fame Bear Force One Fame actually made Bear Force One and will be playing it on an upcoming game nights. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing that. Uh, that should be fun. Yeah. Apparently, like that's gonna be a lot of fun. And, and so, what was what was it? Goreclaw was the four two. Yeah, Goreclaw. Yeah, Goreclaw was the four two. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's not an actual bear. It's a four two. It's like, well, it's a Tarkirian bear. There's a bear bear and a Tarkirian yeah, bear. Bears. Tarkir bears are four twos. Bear yeah, bears are two bigger. twos. <laughs> they're just a little beefier. That's all. They had to. They had to they're fight dragons, that. man. Yeah, they gotta fight. Dragons. I fight dragons. I'm a four two. Anyway, next up, uh, return of a mechanic that nobody thought they'd see coming, but they changed it slightly. John, what's this one? So splicer's skill is the is the is the two flavor combinations I never expected. It is two and a white for a uncommon sorcery. It says create a three three colorless golem artifact creature token. Clearly Phyrexian based on the art and based on the effect, and then the and the fact that there were the splicers in New Phyrexia. But it also has splice onto instant or sorcery for three and a white. So how splice works is as you cast the splice onto ability, uh, you may reveal this card from your hand and pay its splice cost if you do add this card's effects to that spell. So in in back in Kamigawa, it was splice onto arcane, and arcane was a subtype of instant sorceries. Here, Splicer's skill is how Mark Rosewater said he would fix splice onto arcane and just say, just have it splice onto any instant or sorcery. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the whole thing with Splice and the Arcane is that it became a very parasitic mechanic where you needed a lot of Arcane spells. And people never really would pay the Splice mechanic unless you're looking at something like uh, Through the Breach, Splice, Gorio's Vengeance. Weird. So, it's, so like the, the best ways, the most common ways you see Splice now is when they cast Nourishing Shoal with Gorio's Vengeance spliced onto it to, oh. p- to fight counter spells. 
And then in Storm, sometimes you'll splice a desperate ritual onto a desperate ritual. Yeah, which gets um, And the weird. big weirdness to remember about splice is that it adds that card's effects to the bottom of the spell. So let's say you, for some reason, had eight mana, and you cast Wrath of God, and you splice Splicer's skill onto it. You would destroy all creatures, and then make a 3-3. Three, three. Which, word of operations, yeah. pretty good. Which is pretty good. Um, it, the splice cost is a lot. Um, and also, by the way, this this would technically work with Storm, but Storm is not going to play this card to splice it onto a grape shot. Mm-mm. And you have to just go no. into white. Yeah, I mean, we have Mana Morpho, so we can make white pretty easily for now, I guess. Yeah. Wizards. Yeah. Um, but we're not interested in Splicer skill for that for that type of effect. It's cute. It's you know, it's a really cool take on a f- mix of you know, Splice and Tarcane from Kamigawa, Splicers from new phyrexia and putting them together so i think it's a really cool reference and the fact that splice came back in this way is really cool i really hope we see it again although i i'm afraid that the splice costs would be like insanely high because of how crazy you can technically make make splice cards if you put the wrong effect on them so we'll see yeah that's definitely something that'll come down the road so anyway uh next up on the list is a snake. It it's, is a snake. It's a mythic snake for one mana. It's got a level up. Level up is back. Um, so for those who don't know what level up is, so the card is Hex Drinker. It's a green creature snake at r- mythic rare. It's a 2-1, so it's a piker, but it has level up of 1. And the reminder text is you pay 1, put a level counter on this. Level up only as a sorcery. So at mm-hmm. levels 3 to 7, so you basically have to pay anywhere from 3 to 7 mana, it becomes a four-four with protection from instance, and that eight, you can pay that you can pay that over any number of turns. Correct. Yeah, but you but. put you pay you can pay like three you can pay three mana into it, or you pay, play it on one, pass a turn, play it on land, tap two, put make it level two, then next turn you play it on land, tap some more, then it's now level five. Yeah, and then and that's after, if you're using all your entire turn for the first three turns of the game doing this. Right, but if you hit level eight. You get protection from everything on a 6-6. Six, six. So it is literally a progenitus. Yeah. If you pay, um, if you pay a we, lot of mana. We actually did see some ramp cards today. Uh, there is the Llanowar tribe that uh, Dana previewed. I don't have it pulled up, but it is a green, 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 3-3 three, three that taps for green, green, green. So yeah. turn one can By be this, way, turn two, level it up to you can level it up and then start chunking things out. Yeah. By the way, I really wish that the Llanowar tribe had cost uh, had snow mana in its cost because then it would be a card that would cost GGs. I hate you. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I know. Sometimes. I know. Uh, so next on the list is Renin Six. Uh, this is our other Planeswalker from the set. Uh, we had seen the yeah. art a while back on the initial Modern Horizons. Uh, I guess unveiling stream is what you want to call it. By wizards, yeah. When they revealed Sarah and uh, Cabal Therapist, they had this in the background, and people were thinking, "Oh, that's when uh, Multani imprisoned Urza in a tree." And it turns out, nope. This is a new character. Two um, technically, two two technically, and according to Tom Ross, Ren is the dude, and Six is the mech-like tree folk, and this is the sixth one, which is weird. But Ren and Six is. The second two-mana Planeswalker, I guess third if you really want to count Jason's Prodigy, he is red-green for a three-loyalty legendary Planeswalker, Ren. He has a plus one return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. Minus one, Ren and six deals one damage to any target. 
and then minus seven, you get an emblem with instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. So it's quite literally the land planeswalker. Yeah, of all the cards that we've talked about so far today, this is the probably the one that will have the most constructed implications so far, and not yeah, just modern, but also legacy. Yeah, because that's almost exactly what legacy wants. It wants something that can deal with small threats from other decks. Yeah, um, like being able to ping down a Delver before it flips. Maybe being able to come down before the the white weenie player plays a Thalia or whatever, or being able to deal with the mother of runes if the lance player's on the play, and then also if you ever get to that ultimate in lands and you're able to use like retrace to cast your life from the loams, or use retrace to cast your gambles, Mm-mm. Man, that seems really good. You could just go off at that point, and like yeah, what's really what's really ridiculous about this? What I thought with legacy is that the plus one of return up to one target land card from graveyard to your hand. Like, all right, so first of all, this is a two-mana Planeswalker. Once it sticks, you if there's nothing on the board, you just take it up and it's at four. So you have a yes. four-loyalty Planeswalker to deal with on technically your turn two or turn three. Have fun killing this. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's any cards that cleanly answer it if it's at four mana. And it, and if you're either, if you're on the, if you've been on, if you're on the draw from the, from the player who's playing Ren and Six. If you're on the, if you're on the play, there's a lot of cards. Like there's uh, Assassin's Trophy, Abrupt Decay. Uh, direct damage is going to be hard to deal with it unless they tick down and try to deal with like a Thalia or some other X1 on your side of the board. Uh, it's very, it's going to be very hard to remove for a lot of decks if it's, especially if it's a clean board. And it'll be interesting to see if Legacy has any kind of weird, um, if the mana base needs to change. I mean, they don't have red green because usually they're playing pun- like Punishing Loam would love this card. Yeah. I mean, the lands decks are usually red green anyways because they want to play Gamble right. Loam. Eh, sometimes, uh, sometimes you see green black, but. Fun thing that also might be in this one is uh, modern would be some of the yeah. uh, Valakut decks would love this. Yeah, uh, they're uh, not going to be shift apparently would be interested. Yeah, they're not going to minus one this a whole lot, but retracing like retracing your uh, packs. <sighs> I think it's more so just to make sure that if your opponent is if your opponent great like ghost quarters uh, or otherwise destroys your Valakut. You can get it back. Yeah, like um, in the mirror, in the not mirror, in the control. Yeah, matchup. There's not a lot of X ones floating around. I mean, I guess Ren and Six is very good against humans out of the deck because they play. They go, you know, turn one champion of the parish. You go Ren and Six kill it, or you go turn one, you know, noble hierarch Ren and Six kill it. Um, Ren and Six is very good at shooting down the small humans, but a lot of the other creatures that see play in the format are. A little beefier than the minus one and i think rent six's big value is going to be rebuying fetch lands and modern maybe rebuying a, a field of ruin or a ghost quarter yeah. um yeah it's it, going to be interesting to see how it plays yeah it's definitely one of those things where you see Ren and six hit the battlefield if you've dealt with a troublesome land or spell land or whatever land on the other side of the battlefield you now have to deal with it again and yeah. you probably don't have a way to rebuy that land that you know wasteland ha gotcha uh oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> Bye, and also the fact that renaissance can just act like a pseudo crucible of worlds um being able to pick up one of your lands from your graveyard is also going to be punishing in any decks that can abuse that mm-hmm. yeah i mean so. in limited functionality if you happen to get renaissance six and uh Iola's influence there you go discard a land return go. it back to your hand you literally just keep that loop going and make a bear every turn it's how it makes blockers, yeah. but it's kind of weird and janky. Plus, yeah. how do you go red green into green green green? In limited, that's going to be very difficult. Yeah, especially with the very fix. Difficult. I mean, you would need to have one of the uh, 
don't even think we have red green. Red green wasn't one of the. No, we, we do not have lands. a red green canopy land. Yeah, so horizon land is going to be it's going to be weird. Anyhow. This card, however, I'm excited to play in cube. Not sure about if it's going to be good in modern, but Winds of Abandon is a bonkers card. Ian, what the heck does it do? <laughs> so this is very much on flavor for you. It's one in a white. Uh, people are saying this might replace deck and stone. Or, That's what I'm doing. Yeah, declaration stone. Uh, so sorcery at rare. Uh, exile target creature you don't control. For each creature exiled this way, its controller searches their library for a basic land card. Those players put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle their libraries. And it has Overload, which is from the Ravnica blocks. Mm -hmm. um, RTR. So, yeah, RTR block. So four white, white, overload cost. You may cast a spell for its overload cost. So you can pay one in a white to do one target creature or overload to change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. So instead of exile target creature, exile each creature you don't control. For six mana, this is very flexible as either a single target basically two mana path to exile at sorcery speed but with the flexibility of being a one-sided board wipe later on if you want it to yeah I, I can see this being played in modern out of like in blue white control because i mean they're still going to play path mm -hmm. but sometimes you need something that can deal with one one permanent and you don't want to terminus like you'll draw your card for turn you'll see terminus and you'll go i don't want a terminus now uh, whereas Winds of Abandon gives you the flexibility of being able to be a single answer to one target that may be hard to remove. And then, let's say it gets to the late game and you're playing against humans or something else and they've built out a wide board, they have already got a meddling mage on Terminus, you just go, okay, overload Winds of Abandon, and then basically exile their whole board because humans doesn't play that many basics. Yeah, and with, and like John just mentioned, not a lot of... Some modern decks are very skimp on basics. I know, in fact, plays three at most depending on the list maybe two um yeah people Grixis, were talking about bant infect and it's like i don't know how you're fitting all those colors oh in my man. god yeah <laughs> bant infect, like playing teferi and bant infect i was just like what i didn't get it but no this um this card absolutely punishes modern decks that skimp on the basic lands and a lot of them do a lot yep. of them do like tron runs I think, what four or five forests only something like that but it's still they play more than you expect mm-hmm yeah, Tron actually. Yeah, Tron is actually the one that actually plays more basics than you think it would, um, just because it needs to hit that green mana to keep its uh, yeah, cycle. Yeah, well, Tron is the one that plays maybe like four to three to four wastes. Yeah. Um, so if you can get if you can blood move them and then get all their wastes out of the way, they can't cast any of their spells. Grixis really. Death, Death Shadow only plays like a swamp and a island. So if you deal with two creatures already, you're, they're humped, and for for man, yeah. and they're already very short on mana anyway. Yeah, it's it's a crazy card. Um, the next one we kind of mentioned this earlier. It's Archmage's Charm. Yeah, John. It it is you you you. What's this? Uh, <laughs> instant at rare. It says choose one counter target spell. Target player draws two cards or gain control of target non land permanent with converted mana cost one or less. First up, pretty sure this isn't a cycle. There's a lot of one off cards in this set that I don't think are full cycles no. in the set, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um. Initially, we, like example, initially you see charms. The, initially, you see charms. You're like, "Ooh, charm! That used to be a cycle. This is gonna be a cycle." I don't think it's gonna. I, I would love to see the cycle finished, but I don't think it's a cycle here. Like, for example, we we saw two two of the allied swords of X and Y in this set. We're not gonna talk about them here, uh, but those will be finished later probably. Mm -hmm. But Archmage's Charm, it's not counter spell. It's very, very. I think it's still very flexible and very good because it's a three mana divination at instant speed, which is pretty above rate. Three mana cancel is not ideal in modern, but with this flexibility, it's pretty good. And in modern specifically, the gain con the mind control of a one CMC permanent um, or one CMC non land permanent isn't great because like 
You don't want to take a Chalice of the Void, because that doesn't do anything. You don't really want to take, like, any of the one or zero mana artifacts, really. Um, and there's not a ton of one mana threats that you're going to feel comfortable taking for three mana, unless it's trying to kill you, like, maybe a huge champion of the parish or, or what have you. Snag it, um, snag it, Aether Vial for some reason. Yeah, but the decks that are playing Archmage's Charm aren't going to want to use it. Well, right, exactly. Well, that's what I'm, that's why, that's why, away. yeah, okay, people yeah. home, could, people, if you were listening, couldn't see my face, like, snag an Aether Vial, I did the, yeah, not yuck yeah. face. Uh, in Legacy, on the other hand, um, being able to take a Merit Lage, that seems pretty good. Oh, no. <laughs> that's it. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to die to Merit Lage. A, You're going to die to Merit Lage. Some nice work you did there. Yeah, you and made then this. The Lions player just yeah. gets back there, gets back their dark depths, makes another one, and now suddenly you have two merit lages staring at each other. Boom, boom, boom. But the best part is though, is if you do end up in that situation where it's merit lage versus merit lage, and it's got it's got lifelink, right? Uh, merit lage, no, it's just indestructible and flying. Literally, just and bounce off of each other. So you're like, all right, yeah, how just, does this game end? Oh, it can't. You basically oh, take well, a, whoever attacks second wins. So, are you going to attack second though? No. Well, if you attack first, you block, and then you kill them. Yeah. Because they attacked, and they don't have a flying blocker. But, at the, regardless, it's, it's just it's, one of those those things that's just kind of like, aww. It's that stare down. It's like, who's going to blink first? Uh, now, this is a card that neither of us are going to get blown out by, but there's a lot of people who will. Uh, for instance, good old uh, Ben Wheeler of Canadian yep. Highlander. Canadian yes. Highlander fame, Ben Wheeler. So I was like, why do you hate me, Wizards? Why do you hate me? I have a similar question, but we're not talking about those cards. Oh, the anti-storm uh, cards? Those are great and beautiful. This is, and I love that them. Is, yeah, this card is Collector Oof. Uh, Ian, what does the Oof do? Uh, it is a one and a green, two, two creature Oof. I thought it was Oofy, but whatever. It's a, at a rare. It's oof. Uh, it, is acti- it, says it just has activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. It's literally... It's a null creature yeah. for null rod. Yeah. On a, on a bear. Mm-hmm. Well, an Oof. Isn't uh isn't this the same thing uh basically as Kitchen is also Stony new. Silence? It is also Stony Silence. It's yes. Stony Silence with legs, as people like to say. I mean, people say on a stick, but this is a creature. It's so. also literally a null rod on a stick too. But it actually and null rod null rod did technically come first. But well, the, it they, it alludes to the null rod though in the yes. flavor text of he steals power from treasure after treasure, and what does it do for the oaf? Nothing. Yeah. Which it's definitely uh, a null rod. Wink nudge a null rod nod. with yeah. Joyride giving the flavor text on that one. But yeah, the oof is going to see play in modern. If there's any green decks that want it, like it's not a spirit. So spirits aren't like automatically going to play it. It's not a human. So humans aren't automatically going to play it. Coco combo like might. Silence. Coco combo might. If you have access to something like Finale of Devastation or Court of Calling, the oof is fantastic. Um, it's a very, very powerful card. You can tutor it up with what's it called? Uh, court for it. Yes. I mentioned Court. Yeah. Uh, now, I think Oof is going to do a lot of his work in in Vintage mm-hmm. because that's where the Null Rod and Stony Silence effect is really, really good. Put put some legs on it too. Yeah. Go town. Because removal removal almost doesn't exist in that format. Oh, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Legacy, maybe a little bit of my show up. You put a 2-2 two, two down in Vintage, you could just be like, 2, 2, yeah. Snapcaster. There's a reason why Young Pyromancer was the best creature in that format. And Snapcaster Mage too. It's just like, whoop. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny how... Two is a very relevant number in that format. but So mm-hmm. the next one is one we've seen before, but getting its first ever non-foil printing, Kest Dissident Mage. Yeah. So Kest Dissident Mage. Dissident Mage. That's cool. the one, uh, one blue, black, and red. So one in a Grixis. Uh, three, four human wizard legendary creature at Mythic Rare with flying. 
we saw this in one of the commander sets. It was Commander 2017. It was the tribal uh, one, 2017, yes. Yeah. Uh, I remember because that was I was uh, out in the desert when it got revealed, and I was like, oh, got to buy all the wizards. Uh, During each of your turns, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. If a card cast this way, we put in your graveyard, exile instead. Uh, so basically, you give selective flashback. Yeah. Um, to Once on your turns, not on your opponent's turn, so your counter spells aren't necessarily going to be able to be flashbacked off of cast. Yeah. But being able, having access to you know things like hand attack, like Thoughtseize or burn spells like Lightning Bolt, that's where Kess is going to shine. Uh, the real question is: Is anybody going to cast Cruel to make them off of Kess? Because <laughs> um, that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's the world I want to live in with Kess. People were saying Grixis tap out control is basically where this card would want to see something. Honestly, this card, modern maybe, who knows? But it, she has seen Kes has seen play in Legacy. Yeah. And what's great is this Kes also had the uh, the trouble, I guess you can say, of what we've seen recently with uh, Nexus of Fate the foils of yeah, oh, ne- yeah, yeah Nexus, Nexus of Fate of being basically Kes Distant Mage would be written on a forest because Kes only had the Commander printing, which has been foil. And it was not a great foil printing, and a tacoed, and you could easily just cut to Kess every time in your deck if you if you didn't have a properly flattened out copy of the card. So yeah, which is which is sad, but now that's get, the world we live in. Now we get non foil copy. I'm glad they're fixing it. I'm happy, and it, we kind of addressed this last week where they've moved away from buy box promos being just that too, which is thank God. Um, anyway, I mean, we'll see if that's if that's going forward as well. I'm crossing my fingers, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Kaya's Guile, John. What is this? I hate this card. (laughs) Tell me why you hate. Tell me why you hate this card. It is one white black for an instant rare. It says choose two. Uh, Each opponent sacrifices a creature. Exile all cards from each opponent's graveyard. Create a one one white and black spirit creature token with flying. You gain four life. So it's already a command in Orzov. Which again, if this was, I would love this to be a cycle that's completed in the set. I don't think it is. Um, but it also has Entwine for three, where it says, choose all if you pay the Entwine cost. So it's a command, which we're familiar with from, like, Cryptic Command, and Colligan's Command, Otarka's Command, Primal Command, and so on. But you also have just the option, if you have extra mana laying around, to Entwine it and just do all of them. Yeah, so for, just do all for, six, for six mana, as long as one is a white and one is a black, you can just make, make them sack it. And remember, Order of Operations is important. So they sacrifice the creature, creature goes to the yard. Then they exile that card and everything else from the graveyard. Then you create a spirit token, and then you gain four life. Yeah. So Kaya's Guile I dislike because it is a very efficient answer for Storm. Because if I if let's say that I'm on the draw, and I play my creature on turn two, and I say go, and I already have a decent graveyard, and then you play your third land and say go, and then I get ready to go off, and then I cast Pass and Flames, and then you go... By the way, Kaya's Guile, exile your creature and exile your graveyard. That is not fun. Or you just cast it like ahead of, ahead of time if I've already got a, a, a decent graveyard and just go like on your turn, tap out, Kaya's Guile, sack your brawl, exile your graveyard. Yeah, the- it just does a lot of good things. Now, granted, it only makes one, 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 mm-hmm. but it's also doing all these other things that make it really, really flexible and really, really powerful. Yeah. Granted, in very specific instances. I honestly believe that the first two options are going to be the most picked option. I could see... Um, I think I think I agree. 
I also think that there's going to be times where the player who casts this is going to like, let's say you're playing Esper Control, mm-hmm. um, and so and your opponent's playing something like a Grizzlebrand deck or whatever, and they have two attackers and they attack, and you go, okay, I'm going to make you sacrifice a creature, and I'm going to make a one-one to block. Or you're playing against Burn, and you're at six, and they attack with two creatures, and you go, you know, make a yeah. make a one-one gain for life. Yeah. There's going to be times where you're going to choose the different modes that are highly contextual on your hand, on the game that's going on, on your opponent's hand, what's gone on. It just this like this card does so much that I think that it it's gonna see play. Um how much is gonna is questionable. It could be a main deck card, more more than likely it's a sideboard card. Uh but it's just very, very good. I yeah, think. it it's a very, very fun and interesting card. Um very flexible like most commands are, except it's not a command, which is kind of weird. I would have loved to have seen like Kaya's Kaya's command. It would have been hilarious. But that's awesome I would have much. loved to, for it to say command as well, but I'm okay with it saying Kaya's Guile. Yeah. And also, the reason why people are thinking it's a cycle, uh, we're not talking about them, but the talismans for the enemy colors are in the set, and each of them has flavor text from a different Planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, the red-white one has flavor text from Huatli, green-black from Vrasco, black-white from Kaya, blue-green from Tamiyo, and red-blue from from Ral. Um, so that's why people are thinking it's a cycle. Again, I don't think it's a cycle in the set. I wish it were, but yeah, it's. I'm okay with this. It's, I'm okay with this being a long going cycle. They finish. Yeah, so like, because remember, we aren't getting necessarily master sets like you can see if you're watching the video behind me. I have one of every master set currently printed. Um, Horizon kind of sets are going to be where they're going to go for the foreseeable future in terms of injecting cards in the formats that mm-hmm. they can't put in standard or there's too many cards yeah. to put in the commander product. So the next card. It does something <laughs> is what... What it does is questionable. So we mentioned Null Rod before, and the funny part about Null Rod is it does nothing. It does nothing. This card does something, but you don't even know what. It will, it will, always, it will always do something. But you don't know what that something Whether is. Whether it does something good is questionable. So it's Throws of Chaos, three and a red, sorcery at uh, uncommon. It says Cascade and Retrace. That's it. Cascade and retrace. The old, the old two word flavor, two word rules text, sixty five <laughs> word f- reminder text. <laughs> because you have to have like the forty words for cascade, which is you basically you know cast this, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non land card that costs less, so three or less mana. You may cast without paying its mana cost. Put the exile cards on the bottom of your library in random order, and then retrace. You just di- re- you know play from your graveyard by discarding a land in addition to paying four mana. Sure, yeah. if you really, really wanted to ditch some lands, go right ahead. This is just a weird card. I'm, I'm happy yeah, it exists. A, there's a reason why it costs four. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they costed it three, then suddenly Living End has a repeatable uh, cascade into Living End. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I also think I don't think this card is going to be playable in Modern. If it is, you you did it. Good Congrats. job. Congrats. Um, Very. F- I think this is going to be a really fun card for Commander and. I'm going to draft this card at some point in, in while playing this set, and I'm just going to cross my fingers every time, and it's going to be interesting. It is one of the most chaotic red cards I've ever seen, too. It's it's such perfect flavor for something like Yidris. Yeah. Um, who, now, granted, Yidris won't cascade it from the graveyard, but right, but it's Yidris, still really cool. Yidris deck, if you want to just go full flavor on like Cascade, like there you go. You have a literal card yeah. that just cascades. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Now... Speaking of cycles that have finally ended, um, huh, didn't mean that, but that works. Hey. Um, we have Endling, which is the black morphling. Uh, it is two black black for a 3-3 three, three zombie shapeshifter at rare. 
It has black colon, it gains menace till end of turn. Black colon, it gains death touch till end of turn. Black colon, it gains undying till end of turn. And one generic mana colon, it gets plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one until end of turn. It is the finale of the Morphling cycle that was Morphling, Torchling, Thornling from Shards of Alara, uh, and Brightling from Battlebond. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Thornling is the only one of the cycle that doesn't have the mirrored art, which hopefully they fix at some point. Right. Um, but Endling is really interesting. The fact that it its protection ability is Undying means that it its, my, its final ability can suddenly make it go even bigger than it normally can. Now... Unfortunately, its protection ability doesn't save it a ton because you can't undying it again unless you have a way of removing the counter. Uh, but Endling is is a very interesting card. It I don't think it will see modern play. I think it'll, it's a card that's for cubes and commander, and I I'm really happy that it exists. Kitchen table because, kitchen table zombie decks are gonna love this card. Yes, it's gonna be really hard to get rid of, and people are gonna be really upset when they can't kill it. Yeah, because um, also what you can do is you can undying it. Let's say someone sorts of plower shares it, you go undying and then pay three mana, give it uh plus three minus three, so it dies and comes back as a four-four. Which is spicy. <laughs> you think you killed it? Nope, I killed it. I just dumped yeah. a bunch of mana into it, but I killed it anyway. <laughs> you don't kill my creatures, I kill my creatures. <laughs> it's like, no, I I did this. So the next one uh, is it we're getting some yeah. really weird, funky corner cards for our last couple ones coming up. But Dead of Winter yeah. is a two and a black sorcery at rare. Yep. All non-snow creatures get minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of snow permanents you control, with some beautiful throwback flavor text from Tevesh Zot. Uh, also, how Game of Thrones should have ended. Wow. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Oh uh, Dead God. of Winter is is definitely one of the big payoffs for the snow deck. Mm-hmm. And this alongside the other card we're going we're to talk about, On Thin Ice, which is white for a snow enchantment or at rare enchant snow land you control. Uh, when on thin ice enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until on thin ice leaves the battlefield. Uh, kind of a functional reprint of Chain to the Rocks. Yeah. These are real snow payoffs, much like Scred is that currently exists in Modern. That will really make people ask the question: Should I play snow basics? Should I play more snow creatures? Because also previewed today is uh, I believe a card. I don't know its English translation, but Frost Golem, which is a artifact, a snow artifact creature golem. It's a two-two for a single snow mana. Yes, because there ain't no mana like snow mana. And then there's uh, Arkham's Astrolabe, which is a one snow mana for a snow artifact, which is a prophetic prism. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card, and you can pay one and tap it to make one mana of any color. Uh, these, both of these, are cards alongside like Ice Coatl, and then these two that are really trying to push you to be playing more snow cards. And I'd have to do some research into into Cold Snap to see exactly how many snow cards are playable. Uh, right now, there's five snow duels, which enter the battlefield tap and tap for the allied colors. I don't know if that makes a black-red scred deck, or as, I like, as I'm going to call it, bloody scred is good with like Dead of Winter plus scred. Yeah. Or if there's some other strategies that are going to start playing more snow lands to accommodate on thin ice, because... Like, On Thin Ice doesn't have to go on a basic. It can go on a Dark Depths if you really wanted to. <laughs> You're probably better off putting it on a Snow Plains, but yeah. you have that option. Yeah. It's it's definitely a case of, like, you met, you're, we were talking before stream, uh, 8 Rack might be something. But yeah. they're kind of already constrained. And like you said, they, had, they have 8 lands that are already accounted for 4 Mutavolts and 4 uh, Urborg. So now, now, that said, there was a land previewed last week, uh, Frostwalk Bastion 
which is a snow land that taps for colorless, and then for one in a snow, it becomes a two three. Yeah. Um, and that and whenever it deals combat to a creature, tap that creature and does an untap. Um, maybe they could replace Mutavolt with Frostwalk Bastion, but Frostwalk Bastion costs two mana to activate, one of which has to be snow, yeah. whereas Mutavolt is very easily just one, and Mutavolt gets to go in and pressure the opponent pretty early. So there is this, there is flexibility there, and there is the ability to play these snow payoffs. Um, and it's just going to be really interesting to see people try to solve that puzzle to look at these cards like Dead of Winter, which could be a one-sided, you know, Wrath of God in many instances, um, and see if it's worth it or not. Yeah, and, and I think honestly, with where we're looking at modern, everyone's like, "Oh, it's not going to be overpowered." Oh, it's like it's honestly going to say, "Okay, we've got some interesting new spice to add to maybe pre-existing decks." Like this is definitely like that spice where a deck that's kind of outside fringe. Tom Ross loves eight rack. It's well known. It is I known. mean, I'm I'm I would not. He was one of the designers on Modern Horizons. It would not. I would not put it past him to have tried these in a snow rack deck. Speaking of speaking of decks that Tom Ross loves, hey, this is gonna be our last one. I put this one on there because of me. It's scale up. Uh, yeah. So on the SCG live stream today, I was watching it. Um, Todd. Uh, it was either Todd Ross or Jerry mentioned they were talking about a uh, scale up, and they were like. Yeah, Todd Ross decide designs card or designs two some cards for eight rack and then in, and infect puts them in Modern Horizons and then leaves to go plays Pro Tours again. It's like ooh, <laughs> so, ooh. so scale up is a green, just a single green mana, but uh, sorcery at uncommon, saying until end of turn, target creature you control becomes a green worm with base power and toughness six four. It does have overload. Remember, it's the you may cast it if you know each creature you control then becomes a worm. Uh, nobody's paying overload cost in modern with this card not in construction this is in limited make your whole team six fours and crunch this is people will fear yeah, you. oh yeah this is this is like a really hilarious not quite overrun but just make them swole um it's overrun ish yeah it pumps it pumps as much as if you have the if you have a bunch of bears if you've played a bunch of bears off of iola's influence you made those two twos in the six fours but anyway this is basically being used as green uh, give plus five plus three to target infect creature uh, because it does not lose infect infect stays on the card it becomes a six six silly. four infecting worm where this can turn to so much better will it see it, legacy it, it, play yeah, it enables a turn to kill so. and limit it in, in modern yeah it's maybe not ridiculous. no we have other stuff in legacy but modern infect i can definitely see this maybe punting out one or two of the ground swells yeah, that makes sense. Um, because to be fair, you still you still want a plus four plus four trick though. That way that you you get the turn two kill. Yeah, it, but it's either blossoming defense goes, but we want the hex proof on you. That probably one. are cutting become immense for this card. Maybe one become immense. Well, I I don't know. I don't know the infect. Here's the thing. Here's the thing too. It's, it's I haven't touched, feels like a card. I haven't touched that, in a while. Um, yeah. I I honestly was never a fan of groundswell. So my first inclination would be two groundswell, two scale up. Or maybe three ground swell, two scale up, two become immense. I was also never a fan of the Who three knows? become immense decks. I just played it because everyone else was doing it. So I'm sure people are already working on that as we speak. Top men. Top. <laughs> Who do you have on it? Top men. <laughs> so for those of you who came in late, welcome. Uh, Got to kill all these other cards out of the way first. Yeah, let's go back to our preview card. Answered prayers. Thank you, wizards, for... Um, bringing us this card or letting us preview this card it was it's a fun card i really enjoy it 
Uh, I look also Seb, you killed it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Thanks so much to Seb for answering our questions. Also, if we have on our was it the Podbean account or the WordPress Podbean on eyesonthemise.podbean.com, one of the go. top posts should be right now as of seven twenty five Central Standard Time on uh, May twenty eighth. It should the top post should be an interview with Seb. I'll post the link on Twitter here shortly. Yeah. Um, so also coming up might be a good thing. We kind of pseudo have a Patreon for the podcast now. Um, yeah, we haven't. It's not live yet. We, we've it's like on a soft launch. We I started it before the um, so back in May, beginning of May uh, on the seventh, they changed it to where we got grant. I just wanted to get us grandfathered in under the old Patreon payout rules. So yeah. we're in there. Uh, once, cause we also, we're also on a break, um, for health reasons and other stuff, work stuff, life stuff. He is planning a wedding. Yeah. Weddings are, oh my God, 68 days, dude, 68 <laughs> days. Oh my God. Um, no, so we, we've got that launched. We'll probably be rolling it out officially in the next month or so. Um, mm-hmm. just if you guys want to help chip in, if you want to send us ideas for, uh, what, what you want to see out of the, out of potential tier levels. Um, we have some ideas we've been bandying back and forth. Um, but if you have any ideas or recommendations, uh, let us know. Yeah. And if you can find it, which shouldn't be that hard and you want to chip us a couple of bucks, that'd be great. It would mostly help offset, uh, server host, basically server, server hosting yeah. costs. We're, we're really not looking to like make some bank off of this. We just, you know, if you guys it like, it wouldn't hurt, but at the same look, time, we got to start somewhere. Right. And starting somewhere start is somewhere. getting revenue neutral. <laughs> But uh, we do appreciate Wizards again. Thank you very much for this very free preview card. Thank you, everybody who tuned into the live stream. And also thank you to people listening after the fact. Um, Please do check out all of our stuff in terms of where we've posted it. But So, Ian. Yeah. If people wanted to find you on places, where can they do so? (laughs) Well, I mean, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dicks. If you're watching this live, congratulations. You found it already. Feel free to give the channel a follow. I haven't looked to see if people followed the stream yet, but or sub, who knows? I did have a new follower today. Hot dang, the insanity! Thank you very much. Um, but also follow on Twitter at Dixon I J. That's D I X O N I J. I tweet about sports, magic, and other weird, ridiculous stuff. It's it's a mess, but it's my mess. So deal with it. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley one two nine. That's J W I L E Y one two nine, and I've got like. A th- no, less than a third of, the, of your no. It's about a third of your tweets. I have like no ten percent like of your ninety six thousand. Your ninety k. I just hit nine k. Yeah, yeah. I have ten percent of your yeah. tweets. That's ridiculous. Sometimes uh, you can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me in a chat room, don't hesitate to say hi. If you want to reach the podcast, you can do so in one of two ways. You can find us on Twitter at Eyes of the Minds, which if you have been retweeting our account, our, you already know where to find it. You can also send us a personal email at gmail or at Eyes of the Minds at gmail we would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. Uh, on behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.